Hi, and welcome to the Uprooted Life Podcast. My name is Mwayeboa, and this is where I share my love for Africa by introducing you to those who grace its lands, embrace their dreams, and elevate Africa to showcase its endless possibilities. On this week's episode, I'll be talking to the TV entertainment icon, Melanie Bala, about breaking into such a tough industry, what keeps her grounded, and becoming a yoga teacher. Welcome to the Uprooted Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mwai Yeboa. In today's episode, we'll have a lively chat with Melanie Bala. Melanie is one of South Africa's entertainment icons. She has graced television screens for the longest time, starting on Bob TV in 1992, which led her to a career in live radio. Melanie, welcome. It's an absolute joy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on. Hi, finally, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, how was it growing up in South Africa? Gosh, um, South Africa, you know, so I'm a, I'm a 70s baby. Um, and I grew up, you would say, right in the heart of apartheid. Um, so that really obviously influenced my upbringing, where I grew up, who I grew up around, um, and my experience, um, you know, of being a, a kid in South Africa. You know, um, I suppose on a, on one level, you know, you really are surrounded by obviously your immediate family. Um, and my childhood was was really happy. You know, I got three siblings and my folks, and you know, we did fun, normal stuff. You know, my dad took us on vacations. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time with family. Family was really important to us. Um, but also, I suppose on then a a broader level, um, when I was old enough, you kind of become aware of the political situation as it was in the country at the time. Um, and then that obviously skews, you know, your experiences and, and what you you feel and, and know about your country and what it stood for at the time. And, you know, talking about growing up in Africa, family oriented. So I absolutely understand that. Um, uh, I, I wanted to find out how did you get into the creative industry? Because obviously coming from a household, a, an African household, that's very rare. So did you have that flair or did it, did it just come by accident? It's, it's the funniest thing. If you speak to anybody that I went to school with, um, you know, and say to them, do you think Melanie or did you think Melanie would land up in radio or television? They would be like, what? No, not a chance. I was the shyest kid at school, the shyest. Um, you know, I didn't do drama. I didn't do singing. Well, I can't sing, but, you know, I wasn't in the choir. I didn't do the debate. I wasn't on the debating team. I, I like I did absolutely none of that stuff. I really was like the studious kid, um, which is why I wanted to study law. Um, and so it came about really completely by chance literally completely by chance um like i say i when i finished school my initial thought was i wanted to be a lawyer i think i'd watched too many episodes of la law and thought they made it look cool um and then you know sort of a year into it i realized that it wasn't what i thought it was going to be um and my interest started to wane really in it. And by chance, I had picked up my dad, bought the newspaper every day and I picked up the paper and I was flipping through it. And I saw a small little advert sort of at the back in the classified section 
where one of the South African television channels was looking for on-air presenters. Um, at the time, they called them continuity presenters. So those were the presenters who spoke, you know, linking kind of from one program to the next. And there was something that just said to me, hmm, this could be, could be interesting. And I think that that really stems from the fact that, like I said, because I'm a 70s baby and we got television in South Africa in 78, um, I was obsessed with it. You know, I was a kid that I watched everything that came on TV and I was just, I was fascinated by how, how programs were made and how titles appeared on screen and the music used in the television and, you know, all these things. And so when I saw that ad, like I said, there's, there was absolutely no basis for me to say, I want to do this. But then I said to my dad, listen, I've seen this. There's an ad for this. They're looking for these people. I grew up in Pretoria, but the audition was in Johannesburg. And I said, would you take me to it? And he said he would. Um, and he brought me through to Johannesburg. And I auditioned in a suit that belonged to my sister that was far too big for me. Um, I'm sure they looked at me and thought, what is this kid doing? Um, and I didn't get it, you know, I auditioned, but I didn't get it. But a couple of months later, I did get a call from the casting agency who said there was another TV channel who was looking for people and would I be interested in auditioning again? And and that really kicked it off. So you went from law school and mm-hmm. this is a shy 70s girl to a career mm-hmm. in TV. Um, so the agency that pick two was this bob tv yes so it was an agency they'd uh, hired to source people um and they'd said to me okay so you need to come through to mafigeng on wabatu and do the audition which is about two hours drive away from pretoria um and i went and i did that i came back and then about a week or two weeks later they let me know that i actually had gotten the job and i honestly thought i would tell my dad that listen, I got the job. It requires me to change cities um, and go live on my own. And I honestly thought my dad would say no because I was 17 at the time and I'd never lived away from home. You know, I was kind of really inexperienced and I guess naive. And he, he said to me, okay. He said, are you going to continue studying? I said, well, okay, I'll try and, I'll try and continue studying via sort of a correspondence university uh, with my law degree. Um, and he said, all right, well, go well and Godspeed. And he let me leave. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing dad. And I think that's um, every little girl, little boy's dream to have supportive parents who will support you to take whatever career direction that you aspire for. And when we look at your career journey, it also includes uh, a move from, you know, movie shows to radio. How was that move for you? So I was really fortunate in that the bulk of my television career was in live television. Um, you know, the, the show I did on the South African broadcaster for about seven years, it was live television every week. And so once that finished and I got approached to join uh, a radio station, a national radio station here in South Africa to the, join their breakfast team, the shift actually was not that, uh, was not that hectic because I'd done live television and, you know, live television, you've got one shot, one opportunity to get it right. You know, you can't say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I messed up. Can I do that again? Um, And radio is exactly the same. And so the transition I actually found a lot easier 
than than perhaps I thought it would be. Um, but I I loved every I've loved every single moment of it. it. It wasn't a space that I saw myself being in, but now almost twenty years later, uh, it's it's been incredible. And what makes you love it, like live radio? What makes you love it so much? And what makes you stay there? For me. What I love about radio is that no two days are different. I mean, no two days are the same, rather. Um, you know, we literally in a one show, we can touch on everything from service delivery, service delivery issues that people have with government, um, you know, real issues that affect people's lives. And we're able to hold politicians to account. We're able to ask the hard questions. And 30 minutes later, you could be talking about the silliest topic on the face of the planet and you know with to the point where you're laughing and tears are streaming out your face um it's allowed me to travel you know i've traveled all over south africa i've been to uh the states with the radio station you know so it's allowed me to travel it's allowed me to raise my children um which has also been a big thing you know the flexibility that being an on-air personality in radio gives you because you work uh, a certain number of hours a day in the radio station, but the rest of the time you're obviously not based there. Um, it's allowed me to raise my children and to be around for for their lives, for their school concerts, for their sports days, for their, you know, taking them to school in the morning or picking them up in the middle of the day. Or, you know, it's really given me that flexibility as well. And then I've just, I've really, I've met and interviewed incredible people, everybody from Tabo Mbeki to Archbishop, the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu to Charlize Theron to, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak to all sorts of people. And those those stories stay with you. And I think they they fundamentally change you. Um, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And to our listeners, um, I follow Melanie like religiously. You know, you're such a powerhouse you know but very grounded um i've never met anyone like you i follow you on instagram facebook you know emails but you've Aww. always been so grounded so humble so open there's nothing like you know speak to my agent you know so how do you remain grounded considering the high profile job that you have how do you remain accessible you know that's a that's an interesting thing i i think the fundamental thought that I've always had, even when I started my career in television, you know, a really long, long time ago, was that it's just a job. I think the the confusion sometimes comes in when you take that on and you become you become the the and I don't want to call it a facade because it's not a facade, but there's a, a public personality you have. I think everyone has that that is in the public guy, you know, whether you're a singer, whether you're an actress, whether you're a television radio host, you know, and so on, is that there is a public personality you you have to a degree. And the trick is to let that public personality and who you are in private remain as close or as aligned as possible. I think when you start to buy into the hype around the public personality and you lose touch with who you are. Um, I think that is where your your lack of groundedness would come in. Um, and so for me, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I've, I've loved what I've done. It's given me incredible opportunities. But I, I always do remember that it is a job. It is not who I am. Um, it is what I do. And I think that's the distinction. And um, you have two beautiful children. 
and just like the way your dad supported you, I see how much you support your children. I mean, I saw um, there's this advert your your daughter was doing. I think it was a jingle, mm-hmm. and you were so proud of her in the studio and just supporting her. And you know, you've spoken openly about you, you know, how you struggled when they were younger. Do you think speaking out about these topics is important in terms of like you know children and the experiences, but the journey of motherhood and everything in between? It's absolutely vital that, particularly as women, but I think parenting in general, that we speak about our experiences. Um, I've, I often say that, you know, my son is now 15, turning 16 this year. Um, and there was a level of shame and or guilt um, around at the time, you know, saying that you were struggling with motherhood, saying that you were struggling with perhaps trying to juggle it all. Um, and I'm so glad that we've moved so far away from that because what it says is that as women, we are not just one thing. It's not automatic that you become a mom and you automatically are going to love it and you automatically are going to be the greatest at it. Um, I think we've, we've now learned to, to, to allow the space for people to say, Yes, I love this aspect of it, but that aspect of it I'm struggling with. And I wish I'd had that when I became a mom because, you know, you hold yourself up to, you know, other moms in your circle or perhaps other famous moms and you think I'm not doing it right. When honestly, most of us are struggling in one way or another, particularly if you have a career, if you have a job um, and you're trying to balance that along with perhaps a relationship, a marriage. Um, with the kids and your friends. And, you know, it is a lot. And I'm so glad we've gotten to the point now where we can say, it's okay. You know, it might just be a phase, but it's okay to say I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. Um, and that's why it's it's vital to speak about it. And that's why I do speak about my own experiences all around motherhood. You know, I suffered from postnatal depression. Um, and these are just, these are all things that were experiences I had. They didn't They didn't define me and didn't become a thing where I felt I had to hide it or be embarrassed about it or pretend that it was otherwise. You know, I, I always try and keep it as real as possible. Yeah, what you just said resonates with me, um, especially in the um, African community, if I can call it that way, you know, uncomfortable conversations. So mm-hmm. uh, being a mother as well, but I'm a mother to an autistic child. So you can imagine special needs and how do you um, talk about that? How do you say I'm tired? How do you say you yeah. know, I, I need a break? So like you, I learned that, you know, I'm not a super woman. But in order mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. be um, a great mother, I have to step back sometimes and just say, Do you know what, I need help. And I find a lot of, you know, um, should I say peace or solace in meditation, in writing about it. So I actually share my son's journey. I, you know, advocate for autism. I advocate for special needs or disability in the oh, African community amazing. for people to do that. But that's the way I feel like I connect with myself by writing about it, by talking about it, meditating. And I found that mm-hmm. for you, yoga is where you find solace. So how important is yoga practice for you today? I, one, that's absolutely incredible, Maya. I think what you're doing in terms of speaking about it, raising awareness, sharing your story, because 
it your story will always resonate with someone. Someone will be reading that email newsletter or hearing the podcast or, you know, and will say, oh, that exact same thing is how I'm feeling or I've experienced. Um, and it's so important. So kudos to you for that. I think for me, yoga, um, you know, I kind of joke and say it saved my life, but it really did. Um, I had a really difficult 2016 where I was going through a divorce. And in the same period of time, my father passed away and I really just was not coping. I really was struggling um, on all levels, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I felt that I needed to find something that, as you say, would bring me solace. Um, and I practiced yoga once before when my daughter, when I was pregnant with my daughter, who's now 11. But, you know, that was for a couple of months while I was pregnant. And then I never got back on the mat. Um, and so in 2016, when I thought back to where did I feel safe? Where did I feel in control? Uh, where did I feel um, supported? And that was on the mat. And so in 2016, I started up again. Um, yeah, 2016, I started up again. And it, is, it has been life-changing. Um, I've been able to do things that I never thought I would do. And not just in my yoga practice, but I think in the lessons that I had then learned on the mats and the experiences that I've been able to pull myself through um, with gentleness and with grace and with support um, have been incredible. So it's truly been life-changing, truly, truly been life-changing. I think it's important to find something that will help you find that balance in life. And for you, um, it has been yoga and you do teach yoga now. Yes, that's right. So if you'd asked me two years ago, would I ever teach you? I would have said, no, don't be ridiculous. Um, and then last year at the beginning of the second year of the pandemic, I just thought to myself, I cannot do another year like 2020 was because it was a lot, uh, you know, for all of us. Um, and just being home so much that I decided I'm going to sign up for my 200 hour yoga teacher training. But even then the idea was really just to increase my knowledge base, like I say, because I know what it has done for me in my practice, I wanted to understand its lineage and its origins better, um, as well as the just the holistic approach, the breath work, the asanas, the everything about it. I wanted to understand it better. And so that's why I signed up. And it was, again, incredibly life-changing, transformative um, for myself. Um, and I kind of, when I finished my training in, in sort of July of last year, I, it was exhausting. I mean, it was really kind of three months of intensive, intensive work, but I kind of was finished by it. I was just so absolutely exhausted. So this year um, really is now about actually solidifying that practice. And I've started to teach, you know, a couple of private classes um, and looking at how to expand that um, to more people. There we go. So you owe me a yoga class next time oh, together. Oh, sure. right? Facing the Zambeza sure. River. We're doing a yes. yoga class together. We must. We absolutely must. Amazing. And, you know, um, there's so many icons in uh, Africa and South Africa, but you're also considered as one of South Africa's entertainment icons. How does that feel to hear that? It, it's kind of, it makes me shy. <laughs> Um, 
just, you know, I, I grew up in a household where, where you talk about growing up in an African household, you know, where it wasn't about talk about your accomplishments. You know, you're always told to be humble um, and never get too big for your boots. Um, and that really is kind of my background. So when someone says, oh, you're an icon, a little part of me goes, oh, my gosh, don't say that. Like, you know, that sounds too braggy or too, you know, uh, too self-involved. But I, I did, I had a moment probably in the last, maybe about last two years or so, where I actually have had the opportunity to look back at the career that I've been able to establish and, and make for myself in entertainment. Um, and this year will be, be, where am I at now? Yeah, this is my 30th year in in broadcasting and so i've had to be able to stop and look at it and say you know what you've actually you've done good mel like you've done good um and to acknowledge the work that i've put into into it to be able to sustain a career for 30 years at the highest level um so it's it's flattering and and it's it's lovely to hear and it's only when people say i grew up watching you that i'm like oh my gosh how old am i <laughs> Yeah, you you look beautiful, by the way. Um, yeah, seventies girl. You don't even tell me how old you are, but I mean, all your pictures look amazing. Every time I see, you, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, you look absolutely beautiful. And hats off to you. So I wanted to let you know that you know that imposter syndrome that you have should be mm -hmm. out because you you deserve everything that you have been awarded today. I mean, you're making oh. Africa proud, but South Africa as well. And talking about, you know, um, future plans and I'm sure you have a lot of plans. So what are your aspirations for this year and the next coming year? Well, I think my, my aspirations for, for the sort of immediate future is one, to travel, um, two, to travel and three, to travel. <laughs> You know, traveling is, is very much also a happy place for me. You know, I love to travel. And the last two years of the pandemic have been hard and not being able to go anywhere. And um, so travel is very high up on the list. But again, beyond that, I think broadly speaking, it is also to expand my yoga, my yoga practice and teaching. Um, and that whether that's online or finding a space to do that. And then really just being present each and every day in each and every moment, you know, whether it's in my children's lives, my family, my friends, my career, um, I've learned to, we, I've learned to, to focus on the now. I think sometimes we get too caught up in what's coming or what's been. Um, and I really have learned to just be in the now. Um, and some of the best opportunities of my life have come from the unexpected, like a little ad in the newspaper. So I always keep myself open, I say, to the magic of possibility. Amazing. The world is your oyster. You know, mm -hmm. um, I can't believe you, 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 you told us that um, you were a shy girl because I feel like with the conversation that we just had, we can just go on and on and on in terms <laughs> of, um, you know, um, discussing so many things but also I feel very inspired uh, speaking to you and you know your your voice is actually very soothing it's really soothing I was like oh gosh I think oh. you're doing the right job <laughs> so Thank don't change you. careers I hope you don't change <laughs> careers and yeah Melanie it's been so much fun having you on the Uprooted podcast today it's been absolutely amazing would you please let our audience know where they can learn more about you 
Um, so my handles on Twitter are Mel Bala. On Instagram, it's Mel Zin Bala, M-E-L-Z-I-N-B-A-L-A. And I am on Facebook. That's um, the, the page is The Melanie Bala. So those are all my social media handles. And I'm very active on social media. I do love it. Um, thank you so much for having me on, Why? I really, really enjoy chatting to you. Thank you so much for your time. And on another note, if you'd like to learn more about our mother brand, Exot Africa, please head over to www.exotafrica.com where you can learn more about our products, services and projects that uplift Africa. It's a wonderful place to find your next favorite African-inspired product or service provider for your next upcoming event in Africa. Thank you, Melon. Thanks, Mai. Thank you. Across the borders, yes, I still long for you. All the rivers, the valleys so cool Oh, Africa, you beautiful This podcast was produced by Curious Small Productions and recorded at Soho Radio in London Oh, Africa, you beautiful The hospitality